0: Join the revolution, fuck it. The fuck it button is the power button. Everyone has a fuck it button, but no two fuck it buttons are the same. Say no to fear, overthinking, shame and judgment. Life is short, fuck it. This podcast explores when guests have, wish they had, would and could press their fuck it button. Here's the podcast. Enjoy the show. Grace Woodward has been noted as one of the UK's biggest super stylists. Grace has had an epic career in the fashion industry, styling X Factor's iconic series that landed the careers of the likes of One Direction. She was a judge on Britain and Ireland's Next Top Model and she has dressed a multitude of stars. But after battling her own inner voice around body image in an industry that triggers the strongest of humans' insecurities, Grace has found her purpose and journey to self-worth to have an impact on how women feel about their bodies and their power through her voice, message and imagery and has started with a series of images titled Body of Work. Welcome to the podcast, Grace Woodward thank you what a lovely introduction (laughs) how was that
1: it was great did that encapsulate you are natural i love it you're you're like we're already on fire we are
0: on fire we are on fire so grace i kind of rather than just starting off talking about childhood or kind of early memories as a journey to this the fuck it button is is a power button um it's a button that has an impact but what for me What's more important than knowing what someone does is actually knowing who they are. The human being, not the human doing. So it's kind of what makes you tick. And then I think because... We have both been stylists through a an interesting phase of, of the world through the nineties and the noughties. People at home can't
1: see me going with my fingers <laughs> going yeah, interesting. Interesting. Well, we've we um
0: I think in us kind of in getting to know you a bit and and then also sort of chatting about our early sort of journeys into the fashion industry, it's we were both around a stylist through a phase that was um I don't know, uh, quite epic in in changes in how culture and, and kind of fashion has evolved. But now realising the toxicity in some of it and how actually the negative connotations of some of that is impacting people. But before we go into that a little bit, I just wanted to kind of ask you, what makes you tick? What what brings you joy? Helping you, people. Helping people. I'm like
1: off the bat on that one. Because yeah. I've had to... You just touched on it. it, The reason why I wanted to be a stylist was because clothes became a coping mechanism for me through um, being treated as a pawn in my parents' very toxic relationships. Um, And I realized that I could please people with what I wore. And then that became a kind of thing, and a thing that I could play with it. Why I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't encouraged to play a lot as a child, and so clothes became something that I realised were very potent, and they meant stuff. Um, it went to a specific moment where my dad was very volatile, and he didn't used to turn up for like parental weekends, and so um, one weekend, apparently he said that I looked nice and they used to battle all the time about my appearance about right. whether I was putting on weight or whether I looked clean or whatever um both parents but yeah between each other yeah. but mostly I think my 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 dad left and he broke my mum's heart and so I became a bargaining chip
0: yeah and are you one of you do you have siblings you're the only your yeah child? i have yeah. four half-brothers and sisters it's a lot of pressure but, isn't yeah, it then so it was all on you
1: so but i realized when he said one weekend that I look nice, and then my mum gave me feedback and she was pleased with me because he was pleased with her yeah. because of my appearance. But that had some This popped kind of off idea in my head. Yeah, yeah, this was big. Everyone was happy. I was like, oh my God, for once, nobody's screaming at each other. So you
0: saw how your appearance had an impact on
1: other people's happiness almost. right? And so I realized that this had weight, a massive amount of power. Um and it didn't but you know, this is a survival tactic as yeah. a kid, as a coping mechanism that sort of morphed in me to sort of become a, a career. But essentially I'd become, you know, I was I'd sort of I'd become a carer for my mum anyway. She was very emotionally very unstable. Um, but caring for people. Is a, is a is a great thing it's a really yeah. it is it's, it's a proper actual attribute to have in life you know yeah. actually caring for people um, and I, I did it with clothes but when i got into the industry that's when it all went really
0: wrong Changes. how just to ask you when you were dressed and your dad said you look good how had you felt getting ready? Had you oh, no, in getting I was ready like, that day feeling good? I was like
1: four or five. Right. It wasn't about me. No. It was about, you know, what so my mum had dressed me in and all of this. So for you stuff. at that point, it was less about
0: what you're wearing and how that made you feel. It was how it made others feel yeah. in you wearing my it. appearance. Yeah.
1: So, you know, but, oh, but I think more to the point is I realised that... Um, Apparently, it didn't matter if you were I, because as a child, it was deeply unhappy. It didn't matter if you were unhappy as long as you looked good, and then everything was fine. Yeah. So, ta-da! so, that message you was know, pretty strong right, early on. It's like completely about like song and dance, jazz yeah. hands, you know, um, which I've spent my entire lifetime doing now. Yeah, um, but I, when I took when I when I did, I just couldn't do the fashion industry anymore. It was too toxic. Is you know, one of, the, it is the most polluting industry in the world. Yeah. Um, which people, you, you wouldn't go, well, you know, it's not aviation, so it's not chugging out gas, but actually what people The supply forget, chain is
0: pretty, pretty You know, deep, and also, like,
1: the whole thing about, um, you, you know, new fabrics, polyester, you know, being made out of oil. That's what it's made out of. Yeah. It's made out of oil. Yeah and you know it's just you know because of the smoke and mirrors of fashion we we make ugly beautiful yeah and it's it's an ugly industry when i decided but i've you know i've done so much kind of research into why i got into fashion and then why i wanted to leave because leaving actually was harder than and getting into fashion was pretty yeah. hard you know i well in those days so sort of taking
0: everyone back um, kind of late 90s, early noughties, isn't it? It yeah. was, we're, we're similar ages and probably started a similar time. For the record, I'm 46. 46. <laughs> I'm 47. So yeah, we're kind of, we're <laughs> and in those days, I mean, because I was fashion editor at a teenage magazine, late, oh, ni- late 90s. That. Yeah. Which so I used one? to dress, it was called Big. So we used to have, I used to dress all like Steps and Spice Girls for the magazine when we were oh there. So God. that's for me where the celebrity styling started. And I think, it was in those days all the boy bands, girl bands. They were all squeaky clean. They mm. and the and the clothing represented that. None mm. of the boys were allowed to come out as gay because they kept mm. this image of. I mean, hello,
1: um, One Direction.
0: Well, and Blue, and I, I mean, I remember working with Blue and dressing um Duncan before and after. Yeah, yeah. Um, he came out, and I think it was just there was no social media, but for some reason. There was this idea that it had to be this squeaky clean. It's just we, we we talked about off camera before, the
1: inauthenticity of it. I mean, I mean, I mean it you was... might need to call, call my lawyers before I say this, but I'm just going to say <laughs> Simon Cow. Yeah. I'm going to say it out loud, Simon Cow. Now, cut! <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: listen, there might be a few little nuggets that come out today and even bits that neither of us have
1: mentioned. But do you
0: know what? I think um, there's a lot that was hidden and there are slowly stories mm. and, uh, and and backstories to that period that are coming out, isn't there? Between mm. the the people involved from the outward behind the scenes, and I think we were all involved. As you say, as a smoke of a smoke and mirrors um, perception. I worked with Trini and Susanna for all those years, and the
1: whole. I mean, how you're even still alive? You know, well, I, it's taken a lot of therapy. I styled them <laughs> once. Right, for the cover, because I was working for the Sunday Times Style. By yeah. the way, the Sunday Times Style put me at the bottom of their barometer after I'd styled their covers, saying, Fashion faux pas. When I went to one event, I got invited to the L Style Awards once. I was so nervous. I fucked everything up. Like, was just but what, what do you mean, fucking things, things up? Well, like... just a series of a, a, a series of unfortunate events happened. My hairdresser had, had um, you know... Uh, it was. Yeah, I'd got called to do somebody else because it's. A, it's. It's. You know. It's all it's, about everyone else, though, isn't
0: it? That's the whole thing,
1: right? And and our uh, job was to make everyone else look and feel good. Yeah. So I. You're the last one on the list. I remember getting right. Thank you. I remember getting um, when I was doing X Factor. I get, getting a, a a blogger saying, "Is this the worst dress stylist in the world?" And I'm like. I am working out the back of an articulated lorry <laughs> in the middle Listen, of winter. Listen, it's not that
0: glamorous when people see the behind
1: the scenes. Right. Jesus, and like this whole it. thing, it's like, no, being a stylist is not the same as styling yourself for Instagram, no. by the way. You okay. know, it's... Are you are the last
0: thing on the list, right. aren't you? I did, to be honest, I realise that I didn't really physically express myself until I stopped styling. Because mm. before that, all my creativity went into everyone else. Yeah, yeah, And I kind of didn't really play around with clothes as much as I did before being a stylist until after Mm. because I had nothing left for me. Mm. You know, you kind of, you know, it's the whole thing people say, oh, fashion designers wear black, makeup artists don't wear a lot of makeup. It's because by the time you've given it to everyone else, you actually don't have a lot for yourself and you can't always connect with who you are to understand what you're trying to express. Mm. It's given away, isn't it? It's, 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 you started off saying that you went, that what makes you happy is helping people. And we went in, you know, me too, went into this industry to, help other people and make other people feel good. But the irony being, you kind of end up giving that to everyone else, not doing it for yourself, and then you don't actually have a lot to give to everyone else eventually.
1: I mean, there's you could look at the industry as a narcissist. You could. And the people like, um, I'm going to speak for myself here, um, being the people pleaser. Yeah. And when you're brought up in... I now, when I can look at it from a sort of psychoanalytical point of view, yeah. it was what I was brought up with. Yeah. And it's a toxic it's industry, to yeah. you know, and, um, the, and even with show business, the entertainment industry, it's the same thing. It's about exploiting people who are, you know, who are who so want to get on with their career. Yeah, They're desperate. So there's an to... element, of de- yeah. Definitely yeah, 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 element of desperation yeah. everywhere, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. But, and it's, but it's it because it's so unregulated. There's no yeah. regulatory bodies. You know, there's nobody, you know, I mean, there's stuff coming out about the X Factor now about, you know, endemic bullying. You know, I did a piece of press for The Sun. It was it's slightly, it was, it, it, of course, because it was The Sun. And I said to them, why Why do you want to talk to me now? I don't really want to talk about X Factor a decade later. No. And they said, Simon Cowell is being sued by five people right. for, um, uh, you know, for a lack of care in, yeah. in his Con- time. Yeah. And one of them is Katie Waisel, who I worked with. And I felt a huge responsibility because at the time... I couldn't help them because we were firefighting yeah, the yeah. whole time. the time is that? You on?
0: You've got how many outfits you've got to do? I mean, just to put people a little bit in the picture, with something like X Factor, you've got huge numbers huge of talent people. every episode. Every yeah, and then, every, you then you you've set. got the
1: dancers as well. So you've got a dance yeah. troupe. So
0: what? So just just talk about the kind of numbers
1: you might be looking after on one show. The first show, there would be. I don't know, what, like 10 acts or eight acts? I can't remember the numbers. Yeah. But, you know, I'm talking, it's like 45 people. Yeah. You know, and which it's a lot. F- which
0: is not just, like, for people that aren't stylists or don't understand what happens, you don't just turn up with 45 outfits and you, you put them on people. You have to five options. You've got to, yeah, you got all have the people, options the, the option. No, it's just not me.
1: I don't like it. or It's uncomfortable. And I'm like... Well, it's not like dressing a
0: model where quite often they're told what they have to yeah, wear. This is no. real people. And actually on something like X Factor... They've not been on TV before. Yeah. This is their first experience of being in the limelight. Mm. They're all desperate to make it. They're quite young. They they want it so badly that they'll do anything. Yeah. And that's what's played on, isn't it? And I think yeah. all of these people on these shows say, so What Not To Wear For Me With Trini and Susanna, these poor women are desperately unhappy in their body and with their clothing. They get picked from wherever for their five minutes of fame. There was no social media then, so people couldn't have their five minutes of fame on on digital any other way. And they get picked out to be on this programme, which seems like a super glamorous idea. And they get pushed from pillar to post to fit in with a template for a programme that they have no control over. The whole format of a programme like that was always knock them right down to mm. bring them back up to make the... And that's the format of a lot of programmes, isn't it? You kind yeah. of make them look shit and then you elevate them and aren't we amazing? How great we've done. See you later. Bye-bye. You've been on the show.
1: Not our problem. It didn't occur to me... Um, when I was working in fashion, I didn't really watch Didn't really watch TV. Um, you know, I was living in London. I didn't have the money for Sky... You know, um, there just wasn't a huge amount out there then, was it? It was terrestrial and it was, there wasn't. But what I learned, you know, I didn't watch X Factor and I'd done Britain's Next Top Model, Britain Island's Next Top Model before I did X Factor. And I was still naive thinking, this this is a really great premise. There's a really great heart of these shows. And I learned real quick that entertainment, should not prey on people's insecurities yeah. or their hopes and dreams. And that's why pretty much after X Factor, I never did TV again. Yeah. Because A, I had nervous breakdown. And B, I was like, nah, this is dark. Yeah. And you can't, as you said, you can't make entertainment, which is all TV, yeah, out of... People's insecurity. People's emotion. Well, it is. You I mean, know, it's it's just using people for pe- You know, to people to ogle at. You know, it's it's worse than Big Brother actually. I think because the the because it's edited. Yeah. So it's not like well these people are, yeah. You know the the people on on St- St- I did a I did a make under show called hundred percent hotter. And it was a tiny show. I had to style, there were tw- something like 22 episodes. And so I had to, there were three people per episode, which means I had to have like six six options for them. Um, and one thing we don't talk about in the industry a lot is how much we get paid, okay? Yeah. Um, because I think people assume that for you're doing TV, like people think I'm a celebrity and I'm like, nah, no, 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 no. You have no idea. Um, That line is blurred now as well, though, isn't it? The idea of celebrity with Instagram.
0: I mean, my kids watched a lot of TikTok and YouTube and there's some of these kids that have just... I mean, there's a couple of TikTokers that just got these massive, massive deals and they earn an absolute fortune. fortune. And they are probably, in my kids' world, considered celebrities. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the versions now is not through terrestrial TV, as it was when we were working in it. If you weren't on mainstream TV back in the day... You weren't really... Or on on one of the magazines. That was really the only um,
1: sort of platforms, wasn't it? It This show, for styling all of those people, and it went internationally. It was on Netflix. It went on... um, It was all around the world. I got paid 12 grand for 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 22 episodes, I think. And I was like... What kind of amount of time are we talking with that? How much of your life did that take up? Well, I was working from 6am till midnight every day um and it was for two months yeah so for some people i'm it's weird with money about like when you when you think about it, it's like is that a lot or is that not a lot and it's like it's the end of the day what the producers make yeah so I was on the front line. I'm the one that gets the bad press. Yeah. Right. The person, you know, the other people behind the scenes aren't
0: even noted, are no, they? No, nobody. But they're they just the take ones take the credit if it goes well. And they're taking on the money. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um
0: but also just to remember though for anyone else that sort of hearing that number and thinking, well, some people only get paid that for a year. That's no, true. Don't, I don't well, think they do. But like they're comparing it to that. But
1: but no that, what i is we don't work every day, do as we? A celebrity, that's celebrity, point. As a celebrity. As a celebrity, people think you get paid if you're on TV, then people yeah. think that you're being paid the hundreds of thousands. No, no. And it's like, and it's, it's, but it always isn't also, now I'm extremely good at what I do and I'm old enough now to be able to say that and go, I am extremely good at what I yeah. do. At one point, I never would have been able to say that. We apologise, don't we? we yeah, I mean, of, like, oh, oh, I think uh, I'm not, thanks,
0: I'm not bad at that. Uh, Maybe. So, you know, no,
1: I, I won't ask for more money. Yeah, um, well, we don't know our self-worth, do we? I think that's And the women thing. asking for more. So when I, when I finished X Factor... Um, I uh, they asked me to come back and I said, okay, well, this is the fee that I want. And, um, because I hadn't done it before. I didn't know what it entailed. It also entailed styling all of the contestants when they wanted to go to, you know, a- events and evenings to awards dues or whatever. So I gave them my heart and life. soul and yeah. my life
0: for three months but also then what they, you probably didn't know and anticipate was then the backlash of that was then you being in the forefront because in those days, once as you know, we've discussed like stylists weren't really a thing when we probably started, no. not like they are now. Mm. You couldn't study styling. You can now do a degree in it. Yeah. You know, you, there weren't Pointless. loads of people around. There were fewer of us. There was obviously few, less work because there was no digital, but there were fewer stylists. Mm. Um And, you know, you became quite prominent in, because the whole style of these programmes became such a big talking point, didn't it? Through the media around, for example, like One Direction, their whole look and feel and then who's involved in that becomes a big talking point, doesn't it? So you got thrown into the front line and really you're just being paid to dress, you know, to create looks for people.
1: Mm, there's there's a, it's a, It was a double-edged sword with my experience with X Factor, but I'm going to tell you this story, and we can go back to that, that when I finished and I asked them for more money, they said, that's a deal-breaker. And I was like, cool, okay, like, thank you, great experience. Let's, you know, part ways. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I'm pregnant, and then I'm in Ireland on holiday with my family, and then I think I get a phone call, when you're going to be, no, not this time. When when, when I was doing X Factor and I ended up on the front cover of the mirror, I got a phone call at 10 o'clock at night saying, um, we're running a story tomorrow about you and Matt Cardle. Um, do you have anything to say about it? And I was like, no. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have no, a publicist. Not... They call <sighs> me at 10 o'clock at night because legally they have to give you a right to reply. Well, yeah, By this yeah. point, it was too late for me to legally do anything about it. So I had so to suck it box. up, yeah. right? Yeah. So not only, but when I said, no, I don't want to go back, I get a phone call saying, this piece is running about you. Um, X Factor stylist fired. Yeah.
0: Stories get twisted when it suits them, don't it?
1: So there was absolutely no need for them to run that story. It, they weren't like X Factor was not, you know. It, you know, we were. It was in the in the fallow time before they commissioned the next series. There was absolutely no reason to do that, no. except for to discredit me.
0: I'll discredit you, and and probably at that point as well, there was this whole idea that no publicity was bad publicity, and it got a talking. It got mm-hmm. talking again, so everyone was talking about it. I mean, I remember in with the Trinny and story. For me, my husband's friend worked at the Mail at the time, mm-hmm. and we got a call at ten o'clock at night about about that, saying just to let you know, I've done what I can to soften it, mm-hmm. but this is coming out tomorrow about Zoe, and you know. Trini and Susanna, but the person behind Trini and Susanna is this person and almost making out that they didn't do all the work and that, that yeah. So, and then that was, and, and they didn't even use a nice photograph. They did a still from me doing TV work. I looked like a llama, like a moving still for a cover of a storyline. And as you say, I I had no one representing me, so their people... Decided they would advise me on how to deal with it. Already quite battered from the years of working with them, um, you kind of end up feeling quite helpless, don't you? And you get it—it it has a massive impact on your mental health. Mm. That that kind of thing when you're—I think no any, control over it.
1: I think any toxic industry, and and uh, again, any industry that is not regulated—TV, um, entertainment, um, music art you know and fashion they all kind of come under this media darling yeah. you know isn't it wonderful are you lucky to be working in it and there's <laughs> and and um it's not okay they are no, toxic okay. industries in which in which young people get exploited Yeah, because they are naive and they really want to they're excited and they really want to work in that industry and when you've been in the industry as long as somebody like Trinny and Susanna or Simon Cowell or Elle McPherson. you want that energy. Yeah, of course you want you do. to harness that energy because you're like, I'm knackered peddling yeah, yeah. so hard. But the reason why I couldn't do it anymore because it, do- it doesn't look after its own. No, no.
0: So t- talk to me. So I asked you at the beginning what makes you happy and brings you joy. To the flip side, and maybe we've covered a bit of it, yeah. what brings you anxiety and stress?
1: What makes you unhappy? I think we've touched on exploiting people, and I think that's generally, if you look at it in, in, in a broader society, if we look at the umbrella of what the industries we've talked about kind of perpetuate, but if you look at it on a cultural uh, a country, a political, a global level. Um, I, I feel like capitalism and consumerism really exploit part of a human's, we're all black and white, you know, we're all yin yin, yin and yang and we can, you, we all have our shadow side. And we can be as much in that side or the light side as much as we want to. But when you're not conscious of it, um, it's very easy to exploit that. So, um, you know, I would say most of the the people on on the earth right now are just, you know, they're living to survive. And they're like, oh, I feel shit today, so I'm going to buy something, just a little something to make me feel better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's exploitative. You know, okay. and 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 having been in the nucleus of it um i'm now trying to blow that apart um because i think there is there you know women's rights globally are still fucked and you know it, it that's why i find it hard to call myself a feminist because you know, an Instagram feminist is not a feminist. You know, the Well, people are calling Spice Girls feminists, aren't they now? Yeah, I mean talk. that. I just couldn't. That I just I could couldn't tolerate it at the time. And actually, my friends were really like, "Oh my God, that's so cool!" You know, girl power. And I was already doing my feminist stuff. Yeah. And I was like, "This is no. This is, um, this is the patriarchy, and and capitalism married like some bastard devil child." and is and it's like a virus that it morphs yeah and it and what it does is it presents itself in different ways and the spice girls message was thought up by men they were, they exploited those women to exploit other women yeah because anything at the at the end of the day if there is a purchase to be made at the end of it there is an uh, exploitation going on there.
0: Well, it's like a lot of the well-being world now, isn't it? It's everyone's trying to sell their for- part program and a book. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, takes away the intention and the integrity mm. in it, even though the ideology around it and the and this world of it is potentially beneficial yeah, once that, it's wrapped up in the capitalism pits, and the commercial side do, of it. I've
1: fallen into a number of kind of pits. Um, you know, I, I did this thing, you know... I, you know I've been the last year has been really tricky for me as it has been for a lot of people so you you know i I, I try to sort of write my comedy title which is um divorce death disinheritance and of course the panny D um uh, you know it's been a a pretty shit show of a year for me but um it what it what I find is that it it this has been a series of events that broke me so badly. I had nothing kind of left. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting space because you can't, you can't do the jazz hands and the but woman show. <laughs> you know, it's like no, yeah. this this is. This, I just there is no energy. As left. As soon as
0: you've got to, as soon as you get to a point where you've got to take some back for yourself, right. You have less to give yeah. to others, don't you? Which in work wise, we. And stylists like quite often, like hairdressers, that stereotype of everyone sells their problems to the hairdresser whilst having mm. it done. It's very much like that, isn't it? It's yeah. A stylist, you're not just.
1: I always sort of said it was a bit like being a, a psychic, a psychologist, a therapist, and a, yeah, and all a, of those, all of it, definitely all of it, because you but are dealing to, with
0: people's insecurities.
1: Absolutely, and it's so. It's to, literally when they say wearing it on their sleeve it really does. But I want to go back to that point about the wellness industry. Yeah about the pits that I've fallen into because I've been insecure, yeah. because I've had a terrible year. I, you know, there's, And it doesn't seem a lot at the time, but I've had to work with a debt charity this year because as everything, because I couldn't cope with my life, I stopped opening bills, I stopped opening letters, and I was just like, I can't deal with anything. Yeah. And that's caught up with me massively. And I've had to really, really knuckle down and get my life, literally put everything back in order yeah. um you work out what's
0: what's important don't you, but, you yeah
1: exactly um but also you know I I you know I I've separated from my husband he paid all the bills you know it was just like that kind of gender thing that I've had to sort of sort out and to understand budgets and that sort of stuff yeah. Whereas I never had that issue before but you know I'm now you know I'm on universal credit I've got to make this stuff work yeah. and that's the downside of being freelance. Yeah. That it's like if you're not doing the umpa umpa woman band, you're not earning. No. So you cannot have a dink in your armor. You can't go down because it means nobody's gonna eat. Yeah. But that is a terrible, terrible structure for your mental health. Yeah. That is that is just like the highway to burnout. Yeah. Um but what I was going to say was, is there's lots of people on Instagram, particularly, doing like, buy my $30 four-week course, blah, blah, blah. Change and your you, life. Yeah. And yeah. it's all bullshit.
0: Yeah. And I fell into it. And I was just like this. Well, it's a hole that if you have any level of vulnerability... That's what it. Pre- it's yeah. to be honest, it's not that different than us talking about the fashion world that preys on people's desperation for yeah. fame and fortune and celebrity, mm. and the well-being world mm. is preying on people's need for purpose, wellness, well-being, mm. and unfortunately, because of the similar reasons to us talking about fashion and entertainment world, because the intention behind it is capitalist and it's selling and it's mm. commercial the results not going to be one of well-being or holistic not health yeah it's not authentic Just is it and it's i guess going right back to cuz in a minute i mean i'm going to ask you about your fuck it burn um and but i think like the first thing we talked about of your entering the sort of idea of fashion with your dad saying you look good mm. it's that connection between we become what the outside world thinks of us and tells us if we're not careful. Mm. And, and and we only value ourselves based on that version of ourselves. External validation. Yeah, external yeah. validation, but also understanding who we are. So it's only really when we do the real work, which, you know, you're at a stage, I've been at a stage more recently. We talked about it before. Some people come to that earlier, some come to it, and it's always, it's just when it's meant to be. Everything is <laughs> the tower of my tattoos. Everything happens for a reason and at the right time. So, but that idea, Dear of it being wrapped up in that, and then going around. It's only when you can come to that place of having the worth yourself. Now standing up and saying financially what you're worth, taking a stand within your own life, which does have to go back to the basics. Unfortunately, if you're going to rebuild things with a new sense of intention, you've got to start at the bottom, haven't you? You've got mm. to build build it from the bottom mm. and layer it up. In a different way than it was before, because otherwise, if you just do the top layer, yeah, you,
1: at some point those foundations, which are is still why going being a stylist is like the ideal kind of job for somebody who's like running away surface from things, surface cover up, those escape, isn't it? It's escape. It's, yeah,
0: I mean, I think you know, there's. I was used to say my my sister was a psychologist. My mum, nurse, and I mean I, as a site, you're not saving the world, but you can make people feel better and mm. it can still have an impact. My whole thing now is tell oh, your soul, not your body. Because, yeah. you know, it's it's connect with your own true self-expression. And for me, my clothing now, you know, sometimes people think oh, I look like a twat, sometimes it look like I mean I, with fancy dress down here in Margate happens a lot and people I don't have to really dress everyone thinks I'm in fancy dress normally, but I dress to express my mood each day and that looks looks different, looks like a different Spice Girl every day. But I think if you are just dressing the surface, which you are on these TV programmes, which you are on a, f- a photo shoot unless you're doing deep work as a personal stylist with someone, you are just dressing the surface. Mm. And we're not therapists, although we've become them through being stylists, because you you are embracing. If someone doesn't like, like red, it's because mum made them wear it. If they right. don't, you know, their relationship I've, with clothing I've, is impacted.
1: I've invested more in therapy than I've invested in anything else in my life. Oh, except for boots, sorry. I've invested a lot of money <laughs> in boots. Um, but, you know... Um, it's self-education. Yeah. And so it's the best investment that i ever made was yeah. learning about myself yeah. but also learning about all of us crazy humans. Yeah. You know, and um, and just reducing it back down to you know what makes you happy. Yeah. I think that happens at a certain age we are ladies of a certain age yeah. I have to say. <laughs> Um so it's it's it, it, there there is a truism And I look back at, like, all... I have so many clothes. Um, And actually, it's really difficult to go through them because everything is emotional to me. Well, it's like going through a photo album isn't it? I've got, like, this this one was for that event, and I've got that photo of that. But, again, it's baggage, and we don't need any of it. And yeah. so the the best it's thing that I've learned. It's quite therapeutic getting rid of
0: it. I kind of now really have very little because... Yeah, Mar- big say,
1: up, Margate Market. market <laughs> catch Joey on Margate Market. market. <laughs> yeah.
0: but, oh, but, and me, by the way. And you, exactly. I, you I know. know I Grace had, has been an addition. To, we did, we did. But I think, for me, the thing that changed in having a lot of baggage and clothing, and it kind of happened... I, I maybe didn't have a choice at the time, but it was the association with it. It was not holding holding anything in that clothing... And the emotional connection with it, even like wedding dress. I'm like, it's clothing. And actually, it's not the thing. I'm the thing. And and actually, the mm. my, you know, as I say, everything's mindset. But my connection with the clothing. So the actual items are still beautiful items. or But my connection with them, they're just the clothes. And mm. so I try, I, I sort of somehow created a, a way of, Letting go of of the emotional connection with any, it. and it's the point now where I kind of it, I don't hold any connection to it at all. But so, Grace, I just want to um, ask you. So the fuck it button is the conscious fuck it button, so not the unconscious crazy night. Da, da, da. Yeah. But so, consciously, when's your earliest memory? Probably maybe not realizing it at the time of actually pressing your fuck it button. So it's letting go of fear, overthinking, shame, judgement, and pressing your button. I,
1: um, have hmm. you know, my whole life has been very much, you know, I didn't have an, an easy upbringing. It was a lot of abuse and a lot, a lot of neglect. And so... Um, everything has been a performance. Yeah. And I don't, I think, I think when I decided, so I went to theatre school and I decided not to pursue that. I went to art college. And I think when I decided I wanted to get, to, to be a TV presenter, but bearing in mind, I approached all of this with no like zero confidence. Everyone was like, oh my God, you're so confident. But it was all a mask. It was all a projection. How much like, when people like, say, say that, does it impact you
0: feeling it? Like, is there a surface layer that you kind of at some point you kind of start to believe it,
1: or you just ride on their confidence of you? I think why the wheels fell off for me, it was that. So my fuck it button was when I went. I want to do TV presenting. I've been doing styling, and I was like, something's changing, and I, w- I want to, you know, I want to get in front of a camera. I want to perform. Yeah, actually... so you were going back to your yeah. sort of theatre school. Yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing how quickly it turned around. Like, I immediately, without having an agent, without doing very much, without doing a showreel, immediately... I landed Britain and Ireland's Next Top Model, which is, at the time was the biggest yeah it was show, biggest show. Yeah, fashion yeah, yeah. show on TV, yeah. and it was whilst it was certainly wasn't perfect and it was damaging to me and to lots of other people. What it showed me was the power of intent, yeah. that and and showed me that I could do stuff. Whereas previously, I, and I still do, I think. I failed at everything. I think I, you know, I, I pretty much think, like everything that I've done, even at the peak of my career, what I mean, was what a do you, failure. What, what to you? What deems it a failure? What's the? I just because I
0: was unhappy. Okay. I think. So so, it so failure isn't much... you weren't connected to your yeah. Inner I didn't self feel inner...
1: it, You know, it was I was numb to the success of it because okay. you know ultimately I wasn't doing what I should have been doing. So, but what should you have been doing? I think just being truer to myself. Yeah. Um, and actually, that means writing, producing, directing my own content, yeah. which I kind of do now, but yeah. without and without the structure of the industry, which is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, Now, and I, I could have done it at the time, but I just had no self-belief at no. all. But the power of me at one stage going, I want to do that. Yeah. And then achieving and taking it. taking it for yourself rather yeah. than for anyone else. Yeah. yeah. And I always say, like, oh, hang on. what? oh that that worked. So how oh did that God. feel how did that feel that 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 sort of internal
0: power almost of making that dis- I mean, you kind of then did it when you then went on to do X Factor, and maybe you'll mention this in a minute, but you know, sort of kind of pressing your fuck it button on your fees after X Factor and saying, no, actually, this yeah. is what I'm
1: worth. And actually fuck, you know, not fuck it. You know the real. I mean, the real, real fuck it button. To be honest, I mean, if if we're talking nuclear, if we're like, if you've got, if you're, the red, if it's yeah, the biggest fuck, fuck button. Big so let's talk the biggest red, fuck it button. The red button now. that you're gonna go mm, was body of work. Yeah, was when I decided to take my clothes off. Yeah, um, because it was. It was stripping back Exposing. all the styling, Yeah, all of yeah. everything, all of everything that anybody had known before. I was yeah. like, I literally, it was like pulling the plug on all of it. I was like, no, nah, do you know what? I'm not this person and I'm sorry. And I wrote uh, an, an article for uh, the U magazine, which is not my chosen... It's not my favorite publication, but I felt it spoke to the audience that yeah. needed it most.
0: Well, I mean, it was maybe some of the audience that you used to speak to. So yeah. it's almost. But you I know, feel with feel like factor, well, in,
1: weirdly, w- they're going back to the I wanted to help people. Yeah. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. So people had known me for styling because I wanted to help people, but then I, I when I sort of moved into, I had no choice. Anymore, I felt to make a change because no. yeah. it was just We've not talked working. About this. I mean, for me, when I had to start
0: my journey with the therapy, I mean, it, it went beyond me deciding when was the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. I was.
1: It, and it was a no choice. It funnily enough, it, you know why I'm in Margate, and I did a performance. Yes, yeah, you for she did. No, Grace performed well, in an imagining... amazing
0: show with Olivia last night called Flesh. Was it? Flesh. So you so,
1: so you, so you did. So I performed. Uh, I, uh, when I pressed the fuck it button and started body of work, I decided that to make a change, I wrote a, an apology letter in in the new magazine, and saying, "Women, I am sorry." this I was to women? Was it more in general? To women. Last so night you I've did it to yourself. A, I've done a couple of letters. It's become a thing. Yeah. As we've gone digital, I've kind of gone backwards. Yeah. And actually, I think there's something really cathartic. Yeah. I mean, about it. I sit
0: here with my... Handwriting. File facts right. writing. Right, it's... it's yeah, it's, it's very It's different. a very...
1: It's a really interesting time to see what will come through the digital age yeah. and what is... You know, perhaps for kids who won't ever have to, you know, do handwriting. I went to my son's school the other day and, they're, and yeah, they're, he's nine and they're trying to make him do joined-up writing and I was like, he's never going to need to write with a fountain pen. You know, but <sighs> however... My therapy every day is writing my journal in ink. Journaling's become, you know, back to being a big thing. Right. We and used so to write th- diaries. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really important. It's really really yeah. important. It Doesn't quite work the same when you type it, does it? It's, no, it no. really doesn't. And so um it's your I, energy is
0: going into the page. It's...
1: Yeah, it's and it's creativity and motion. Yeah. Um I so our, my first letter was dear women. It was an apology to women. It was a way of pressing the fuck it button, yeah. I was like, I'm not doing any of this anymore. And these are the reasons why. And I'm really sorry that I peddled this for long Being enough for any on. of you to believe it. Yeah. But this is the game. It's all bollocks.
0: What was your when you when you pressed your fuck it button? Yeah. When you you took your clothes off. Yeah. In your mind at that point, what were you hoping the impact would be on
1: women? It was purely to fix myself. I was like, yeah. I should, I should not be allowed in this space. And we could reflect on many, many people, yes, right. in you know, that we have met through our yeah. careers. That you know, uh, unless you've got your shit sorted out, you should, you are not a responsible adult. Yeah. You should not be allowed to impact other people's yeah. lives. And that, that comes down to being parents, to being spouses, to being in any kind of partnership. Yeah. Unless you've you like or place go, of power. Go since. and sort your shit out, yeah. then come back yeah. and then and be a real person. Because otherwise it's just, you know Well so- you become
0: a reflection of your own shit, don't you? Yeah. I mean I am I've now taken on a part-time role as a course director and I have a whole load of other, children's unfair, young humans yeah. that are deciding to go into the fashion industry and one of the first things I I've said, do well do you know what, one of the, I took the job on the basis that they would let me do it my way and what mm. I've said is, one, it has to be taught from a neurodiverse and typical perspective. Mm. It has to be about mindset and I have to push the personal branding. So the first thing they've done before they're allowed to create anything is do their own personal values Understand mm. who they are, do a SWOT on themselves of their strengths and weaknesses, mm. know what their purpose is, and what impact they want to have before they then can they create all leave the course, yeah, <laughs> and then they before they can do a shoot, before they can write anything, well done. Because but it's it's that whole idea, isn't it? It's like if you don't sort your stuff, all you're doing
1: is reflecting back out to the world, world, yeah. your insecurities. Well, I it took me a long time to work out that I was, you know, I grew up with an anorexic mother. I had wild sort of and still am you know still I'm only coming to terms with how I feel about my body, which is why I why I was part of flesh last night um, is that going back to I needed to the point was I needed to sort myself out and I thought, you know what, perhaps I can shortcut this work for other people, yeah, because if I've got myself to to this point, surely i could flip that and make it beneficial to people so yeah. if styling is a shortcut to looking good what i what i'm trying to find out is that, is there a, a a a a shortcut to being a good person and is there um any lessons that i can share along the way yeah. i didn't think that i was i certainly didn't go i'm going to become a wellness guru or is there, if there there was and we've none had of conversations
0: it. around this off camera and it's it is as we just said earlier on in this it's it's potentially as toxic as the fashion, if it's done
1: with the wrong intention. So but I think you doing just, it from the cannot, right place. Yeah. I cannot go along with anybody that calls themselves an expert, you know, and unless you're a bona, you know, bona fide scientist. Unless you've yes. got three PhDs. Don't talk to me about being an expert, yeah. because there are media people, you know, who call themselves experts, and they, they're experts in nothing. And also the kind of arrogance that you would go... To you know, even if you've got a net PhD, you you can't be an expert in anybody else's life. And if you look at, especially in the the look at Mate. Yeah, yeah. He at his. I mean, what is he? Think he's in his eighties now. Seventies, yeah. Yeah, he is now. His work, his magnum opus, which hopefully might not be his last work, but um, he says that even in his seventies, he still was. Allowing his childhood trauma to affect his behaviour and justifying it. Yeah.
0: And because he struggled with a lot of things, didn't he? He had, yes. he had a shopping addiction. He's done a lot
1: around addiction and, yeah. and well, in yeah, yeah. ADHD, because him and his son. Yeah. Yeah. Son, yeah. Oh, children but have. all of these things are a, are a thing. But what what's interesting is he didn't really, until now, he's you know he's written books about it he's sort of, i guess claiming to be an expert but now he's finally said actually i wasn't practicing what i preached yeah. and i think that's really interesting also to be to be to be honest he's, well, he's finally he's actually a doctor yeah. isn't he he's... but but that's the problem about people being like you can buy yourself and you know an education say i'm an expert if you look at adam Kay, for example um you know you can buy yourself a career i bought myself a career in fashion which i could have at the end of it called myself a fashion expert and lots of people did when they wanted me to go on this morning and that sort of stuff you know and i was and i was i always felt that's like i can't be an expert in other people i can be insightful i can be caring i can be empathetic i can be all those things but i'm not an expert and that's where the ego comes into it and that's what i think that i've had to I've Strip almost, I've got right back yeah. and just like taken everything out and just gone, look, I'm s- I'm sorry. That's where I started from, is yeah. saying I'm sorry and I'm starting again. Yeah. So I so read... it Was your idea
0: to take people on the journey with you almost. So it's the transparency, the saying you're not there. You
1: said about a shortcut. I didn't, but I, I never, but it... I didn't start out to be like, I know what I'm going to do. No. I'm going to help other people. Yeah, yeah. I had to help myself. Yeah. And I did sort of think, because I went to... It's quite an extreme thing, taking your clothes off and then putting yeah. it all on Instagram. And yeah, it's yeah. not just like, oh, I'm going to do a bit of therapy in private. <laughs> you know, I, sex, I mean, you know, do a bit you know, of CBT. Well, especially, you know. you know, I think, you know, we've talked...
0: Obviously, you've said about your relationship with your body. You've said about your mother and, you know, again, the industry. I mean, I struggled with mine as well. And believe me, earlier on, I think it's, it's obviously self-effacing doing that and it is very exposing and we've had children that then does another whole thing to your body and and also, it's not what it physically does to your body even it's your connection with it isn't it because it's been this other thing rather than just carrying you and your organs it's carried someone else's organs and it's birthed this thing but it's I guess it's um, it's, it goes back to intention doesn't it with all of it if your intentions are now I didn't you know what
1: I think we we sort of, a lot of us sort of survive rather than thrive yeah. or exist um, and not present. I wasn't very, I was so busy trying to be stuff that other people wanted me to be, that I wasn't kind of, I wasn't wholly present. And then the whole thing about being naked, body of work process is something that I want to do for women. Yeah. As you know, as a stylist, production-wise, anything, putting on a shoe is a production and it costs money. So I've gone through all sorts of stuff. People can see on my Instagram, I posted about going on OnlyFans. But just to post my content, to raise money, to do this, I had so much um, blowback from, like, local mothers. And not that I particularly care, but I also... I kind of do... It was very manipulative. Um, the whole thing. There were two posts on my Instagram about it, and I think the comments section, which I'm I usually like never read the comments, but actually I think the stuff that I post is I, I quite like to be provocative because I want yeah. to have Olivia said last night, didn't she? That you know, part
0: of her whole thing. She's a I guess deemed a, a bigger girl, uh, sort of physically. And and some of it is actually is is the provoking carrying on kind of actually. Olivia Suki st- S-
1: skewer. Oh my God! We're gonna have to. You're gonna have oh no, to. I know. She's going to be. going to be tagged yeah. in this. Don't worry. She's absolutely. But it's that whole idea. Really I think that
0: it. I think there is there's an element, isn't there, of kind of trying to. To actually make a point or to make changes, you have to provoke an emotion and stir some kind of, it, so maybe maybe for me to ask you when, well, I was gonna ask you when you wish you had pressed your fuck it button, and then when you would or wish you could sort of moving forwards. So is there a moment in the past that you kind of wished you had? I mean, I'm not really into regret, but is there, is there moments that you think now in retrospect that if you'd pressed it, things might've been any different?
1: There, um, there's, there's only one moment in my life that I, I was like, oh, you know, uh, red pill, blue pill, and I'd, um, my first job was working at Asian Provocateur, which I thought was a feminist statement, and it turns out it really wasn't, but again, exploitative, yeah. yes. But I was merrily kind of going, yeah, you know, high heels and tits, look at me, I'm a feminist, um. But I went to open their store in New York and I got on a plane. I was going out with a guy in a band called Ad n x they're an electro band, and they were on tour in America. And I kind of wanted to get out of London. And I, we were just like, let's go and live in New York for a bit. So I went and opened the first Asian provocateur store in New York. And Kelly Catrone, who later became kind of a famous, she's a kind of infamous fashion PR. She's like a big character. She offered me a job doing the PR for Asian Provocateur in New York. And she said that she would sort my visa out, whatever. And I didn't realise at the time what a major, major thing this was until, you know, hurtled 10 years into the future. I'm trying to apply for a green card and, you know. I have always wanted to move to America. I guess I still have that I'm 72% Irish. I mean it's the land of this the land of dreams, right? Um <laughs> you got to feel that right. I feel I that feel heritage. It <laughs> deeply. Um so um and I said no. I said, you know, I left Provocateur to, to become a stylist and I want to be a stylist in London, <laughs> not in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just like one of those things that doors. I'm like what if what if? I mean, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? You don't know,
0: but I guess, I guess really, I, I mean, guess in the truth, it true could have
1: been me, not Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess in the true spirit of of the fuck it button, I mean, really me asking you in the past is kind of a bit of a contradiction, in a way, because I guess if it was if it was meant to be, you would have pressed it, and if yeah. it was your path, so is there any moment, or is there now where you're at? You're now getting naked. You're now helping women in a very different way. You're going on your own journey and kind of taking women with you and just being very transparent about Mm. what that looks like. Mm. And as you said, you know, if it can help women along the way, whether fast tracking is the right words, because I think it's more you're guiding them based on your journey rather than necessarily offering some quick solution. I wouldn't say guided because that solution. means that it
1: sounds like I know what I'm doing, which I don't. Well, no,
0: but I guess they can learn from your journey, I guess. Uh, like I'm saving people a lot of a money, yeah.
1: heartbreak, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of mistakes. You know, I, I kind of laugh now and it's like, don't ask me to um, to make your life better. I'm just like, look at the well, look at the fucking mess that I made and just don't do that. It's as yeah. simple as that. You know, learn by my mistakes. But yeah. I've always been that that's person. That's what a lot of the podcasts always... are
0: about, isn't it? Yeah. you learn from other people's yeah. story. It's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. pick yeah, up yeah, the bits yeah, yeah, that yeah, suit yeah. you. Absolutely. And, and it's learning from other people rather than, as you say, it's not about being experts. And that is the brilliant thing about this space of podcasts, that it feels quite raw. Mm. And that's why I quite like it. Because, you know, like you, having done TV presenting, having worked in that world, having done all the different bits that we've we've done along the way the thing having got to more of an authentic place for myself and just I mean you know likewise like having always felt like I never fitted in because I did some high end then I did some high student I did that and that and I never fitted in anywhere and I blamed myself that I was the one that was wrong um on all of these fronts and then Laterally in doing the therapy realizing they weren't the thing i'm the thing and it was and i didn't need to fit in it was about but
1: whatever taylor swift yeah maybe i'm the problem i talked about that was a part of my speech last night and going back to that the writing the letter to, my, to myself to yeah. my body yeah. was the hardest possibly the hardest thing yeah. that i've ever done and i haven't even nailed it and i performed it and i haven't nailed it
0: and it was works in
1: process it is a work. It's like literally, but the body of work process. Yeah. And um. But on reflection, that I'm like, I cannot believe that I thought I could ignore myself and everything would be fine. Because yeah. now you know They've I've got amazing crippling things. Crippling bad back. And my body's like, no, no, mate, sorry. You're going to deal with this and you're going to deal with it now. You've uh, you've tried every numbing, you know, all, everything, running away from everything. And my body's now like, okay, listen, this monkey brain of yours, that needs to shut up because, you know, you need to get right back in here and deal with it. And that is part of the body of work process is just to understand all of us, men, women, all of us, kids have it. Naturally, and they they're taught to um because, because capitalism thinks that you need this, you know, something. When really we have it all inside yeah. us, and I and I hate sounding like a hippie, but. We Listen, have it. Is all. Those,
0: well, we're only sent onto this earth, really. When you get down to the bottom, we're sent here to just find ourselves. And once we kind of get to grips with that, you're not actually here for anything else. Yeah. It's great, just some take time. longer.
1: <laughs> some take longer. Some find it yeah. quicker and don't need to be here any longer. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, but I kind of feel like, you know, it's all it goes back to what you talk about the therapy thing. If you were brought up with love, it doesn't matter how much money that you have. Yeah. Love is the key, and I really yeah. am sounding like a hippie now. But um, <laughs> I'm down with that. Hey, I'm naked. Come she's on, a, she's a well-being
0: influencer. Yeah. Oh my god, we go. we're not going to give you that label. So, with your with the body of work and where you have got to and going with, I mean, do you feel? I know you sort of. You're on a journey and, and none of us, are. there's not an end point to this. The whole point with all of it is, is the learning and growing. And even all the years of the difficult time in the industry, it was all sent as lessons and whatever, you know, it, the, the hard times aren't easy, but as long as we find learnings in it, then hopefully it helps us for for being present. I mean, do you see, can you see and like really feel inside now that even though you might not be where you feel you should be or most comfortable, does it feel like you're on the right journey now as far as connecting with your inner self and taking that step into, you know, deeper self-worth and understanding yourself and, and the different journey that we've talked about. we talked about this, you know, sort of um, aesthetic kind of world that we've lived in for quite a long time with our work. But this does this feel like it's really the journey
1: towards... You feeling more connected. I guess with the point of this podcast, you, you know, if you really... The fuck it button and me starting body of work, literally yeah. stripping all back, taking my clothes off. Yeah.
0: That's a big yeah. fuck it
1: button. Yeah. It and is. that was the beginning. You know, I blew everything up. Yeah. And I knew what I was... I, I was terrified because I was still clinging on to the kind of...
0: external ties
1: of the fashion industry and where I'd earned previously. And when you're... On that hamster wheel, it's very difficult to get off. But there's always a way. There's, a, I mean, it doesn't matter how many yoga teachers there are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it seems like the advertising industry just turns out women that it, you know that they. just go. They go, yay, capitalism. And then they go, oh my god, this is terrible and it's killing me. And they all become yoga teachers. But we're all doing program. it. Yeah. We're all doing it. And the the fact is, when you press that fuck it button uh, for real, yeah, you can only go up. Yeah, when, you, when you're, you know, uh, when you're... Well, going up might look different, might it? It might not look like this
0: big elevator. It's about growing up, maybe, growing, going with yourself rather than kind of
1: just flying. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it, it, it does... I've stopped caring what people think about my career. So, Grace, what would
0: your advice be to the next guest of how they would, should, and what it feels like to press their fuck it button?
1: I mean, it's a complete cliche but I'm going to say feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Great advice. Because on the other side of fear is joy. Yeah. And fear is a is a construct to keep you not from changing because yeah. it'll keep you consuming and keep you it? in your place. Everyone wants us to be in there in our, uh, our neat little box. Um, and the fuck it button is so important because one would hope that you don't have to get to that point in your life where you have to, in my case, annihilate. Annihilate? <laughs> Listen, we can also make up words here too. Right. <laughs> um, it just destroy everything. I had to like yeah. completely burn everything down to start again yeah. and actually if you just had little fuck it buttons on a daily, daily basis like beep no yeah. beep no no nah. the power of saying no yeah and actually i've seen it going around on instagram november say no more because yeah, yeah. everyone's like this whole thing that comes from america which is like the king of capitalism say yes to everything yeah. and it's like, and that actually overrides your own boundaries so tiny fuck it buttons on a daily basis of being like mm, no no is 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 this joy? On yeah. the other side of this is their joy. Yeah, and that is really it. Yeah, it's not that complicated, is it? No. Nope. You know, we can. It can take a
0: while to get to knowing that, but it is really that simple. Yeah. You know, it's it's life short, isn't it?
1: It's... And if we told kids that, we wouldn't be spending loads of money on therapy. Yeah. If we, you know, so I, yeah. you know, it's just really a, a saying to people, you know, you have it all in you. Yeah. And really, sometimes styling, expressing yourself as you do with your clothing, it's expressing that. Yeah. It's just saying, yeah, do you know what? This makes me happy. Yeah. Fuck okay. it. Great advice,
0: Grace. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for spending time today. And I can't wait to see the progression of the body of work. You just
1: want to see me naked again. I want I to know see know you more do.
0: nakedness. <laughs> and we're all just going to get more naked. Yeah. And do you know what? I just get a bit happier to... It's our vessel, isn't it? It's our. It's the, it's the thing that carries around this beautiful soul that we're trying to find, uncover, love. Um, and it's a shell that's kind of pretty well by us, really, doesn't it? We just need to get naked and love it more. That's right. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for listening we hope that some of what you've heard today has inspired you to live in the present focus on the joy and know that you've only got one life so fuck it press your fuck it button and join the revolution